50 told me go ahead switch your style up and if they hit and let them hit and watch the money pile up what well, money it's podcasting but we have made it to episode 50 folks we thank you so much if you're new if you've been here from day one all the same we really do appreciate it we've made it to halfway to the 100 mark crazy very exciting indeed you are here with the wrestling podcast. It's wrestling's about W R S T L I N G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti E. We're simply pro wrestling. My name's Liam. This fella is Gareth. Hey. And folks, we welcome you back. Gareth, we've got a really exciting one for episode 50. Yeah, we've got one half of the dream team that is the English Noah Comich team, Mark Pickering, join us alongside his partner in crime, Stuart Fulton. Yeah, really exciting to have both Mark and Stuart on the show. And we had the pleasure of speaking with Mark before. It's great to have him back and also to learn more about Stuart's backstory. He's been living in Japan for over a decade now, so plenty of interesting tales. He's a real character, so really loved having both of these guys on the show. And to preview the forthcoming N1 Victory Tournament, which starts on Saturday. If you're listening to this on the day of release, it's tomorrow, folks. Really excited about that one. Oh, absolutely. It's so exciting you know we talk about it in the interview but just how interesting it is as well having in such a unique time as we are living in having a unique n1 with four blocks so yeah uh, really excited for that to get going yeah we had a lovely time but just to make you aware we we start the podcast just us two and mark before Stuart joins us at about the 15 minute mark because we weren't certain whether he was definitely going to be able to join us. So we just got the ball rolling and he he joined us when he could. Yeah, and I'm really glad he was able to as well because I think he added an awful lot. So hopefully this isn't their last appearance as a tandem. I'd love to get them on more regularly actually to talk now. Anyway, without any further ado, let's head straight over to the interview of Mark Pickering and Stuart Fulton from Pro Wrestling Noah. Thanks, Liam. And we're back. And we're now joined by Mark Pickering, one of one half of the English commentary team for Noah. Thanks for joining us again, Mark. Oh, you're very welcome. Nice to see you guys. How are you both doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Not bad at all. Yeah. No, how's it going over there? Yeah, good. Thanks. We've got through the Olympics, the Paralympics now. So it's kind of all systems go with the Japanese wrestling tournaments coming up. So it's a busy time here. Yeah. Back into tournament season. You've been yeah, a busy guy cool. over this whole Olympics um, period. I mean, what's that been like getting to cover that up close and personal? Yeah, it was pretty surreal. It was my third Olympics. So this oh, one, wow. of course, was, was the most unique that I've done. I mean, I, I did London and I did Rio. So, yeah, it was a little bit strange, you know, the circumstances. But I, w- I was pleased it could go ahead for the athletes. You know, I've been training hard for these years. It was very much a shame, you know, you've got no fans, just like you've got in, in wrestling events, you know, here it's very limited, but there was no fans at all in, in the Olympics, the Paralympics, mm. but uh, I think overall, you know, it went ahead pretty smoothly. So, you know, it's a sign that maybe hopefully we're coming towards the end of the pandemic in the next couple of months, I'd like to think so here anyway. Keeping fingers crossed for you. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thank you. But it seemed like a hell of an experience and I, you know, I for one really enjoyed following your sort of behind the scenes coverage, you know, like your pictures and, you know, comments, not just specifically on the events themselves, but just, you know, your personal experience was really interesting to follow. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, it, as I say, it was so surreal, you know, there was less media here than ever. So mm. you see things that you wouldn't normally see, you'd get maybe mm. more access than you wouldn't normally get. And in terms of things like the mix zone operations, of course, you had to be so far distance back from the athletes you wanted to speak to. So you'd put your phones down you press the record and then you give your phones on like a little tray and then the staff would put the tray to the athletes and there was so many 
these you know unique features that you'll you'll take away from it. That is interesting. You don't think about those little bits and pieces like that. Yeah, social distancing was an effect. Yeah, sounds like well, being a, an extra on a set of Star Wars. You know, they, you hear about <laughs> stuff like that coming up all the time. Yeah, yeah, and, and the heat was one of the main things. One of the main things to battle. It was over thirty-five degrees. The humidity was was unbelievable. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Yeah, I bet yeah. you're glad. You know, you can just sort of sit in an air-conditioned dark room now for a little bit. Yeah, happy to be back to British weather now. Yeah. It's the rainy season here. <laughs> <laughs> so we go oh, well. We got loads to get into because it's uh, all about to kick off big time for pro wrestling now. But just before we get into the N one though, I wanted to ask you about your your Cyberfight Festival experience because that was, you know, being in the Super Saitama Arena or Saitama Super Arena, excuse me, it looked absolutely amazing. It was a really great show. How was that for you to be there and to be a part of it? Yeah, I loved every second of it. That was a dream for me. I'd been to Saitama Super Arena to watch mixed martial arts shows years gone by and New Year's Eve. So to put it all together in a, in a pro wrestling setting and to be there, that was fantastic. There'd been a couple of wrestling events before under the old Hustle banner, which was part of the, the pride of the DSE uh, brand. But to be there for such a big event, putting together Tokyo Joshi Pro, DDT, Gambai Pro and Pro Wrestling Nowhere, all under one hat, everyone come together and such a big show topped off by Keiji Muta against Mar- Marufuji. That was just absolute blast to, to be yeah. a part of. And I think that that could become an annual tradition now for the for the Cyber Fight group. Oh, I really hope so. Yeah. That would be great. We both talked about that post. We're just like, yeah, I hope that's a, a, a th- yeah. you know, an annual thing going forward just because it was so joyous. Yeah. yeah, it was such a good feel-good feel good factor around it. And to bring in different promotions, the women's matches, men's matches, a little bit of comedy on the DDT side with the the ten man tag team match with uh, <laughs> Keno. That that was that was hilarious. That was, so uh, good. One of the highlights for me. Really was. Yeah. Uh, so great. Just uh, somebody tweeted at one point during that match. As soon as Keno got on the bike, that Takagi won the ideological war, and that was absolutely it in a nutshell. Just yeah. the super serious Keno happened to play the DDT <laughs> game. It was just fantastic. Yeah, the second Takagi was coming out on the bike, I just knew that uh, Keno wasn't going to be a happy man. And then the camera <laughs> panned straight to him and he was he was shouting, he was screaming, he was swearing. It was, it's so was good. Yeah. Have you, I find Keno fascinating. He's probably one of my favourites in Noah. Have you had many, much in the way of personal dealings with him? Uh, limited, really. I mean, you know, you, you get there an hour before the, the show, something like that. And they're so focused, you know, in mm. Japanese wrestling, um, you know, they, they are complete athletes and they're going through all their warm-ups inside the ring, outside the ring. Nakajima's working the, the pads and Keno's stretching and they're so in the zone, you know, within a, an hour at least from, from before the show. But um, sometimes, you know, around the, the media area, you can have have a little chat and things, but um, they're, they're just so focused. They've got uh, the game face on and the game head on from, from the second they enter the arena. That's very cool. I think he's comfortably got the nicest suit game in all of Japan, Japanese wrestling. Just that that big yeah. old red suit is, is yeah, that's else. pretty sharp. That is now, and he's getting around. He's he's been in Dragon Gate this week, showing yeah. off as well. Yeah. So. Saw yeah. that. That was fascinating. That is interesting. Uh, how exciting! Like a little bit of a yeah. crossover there as well. How did you find it going back to Cyberfight? You know, you've been working with Stu Fulton quite a lot, and a little yep. bit with Chris Brooks. You had a, a friend of the show, Balinaki, with you on there as well. In fact, it was a four-man booth in the end, I think. Yeah, um, it was. How did you find that? Because that, that on paper sounds like it would be quite difficult to navigate. Yeah, it's definitely difficult to, to navigate in, in some regards. You know, you have to go from two 
to sometimes three we was doing in, in Tokyo Joshi Pro a couple mm -hmm. of times and then to four it's just trying to find the, the balance really and of course you know we'd regard Stuart as, as the play-by-play -play. so then effectively you've got three color commentators so we were trying to break it down and, and for some matches we said right it'll be these two commentators for this match it'll be these two commentators for the next match and we kind of mm -hmm. try to break it up to make sure everyone had you know equal opportunity to come in to speak to to give some analysis so there's a lot of things we can take away from that maybe next time we'll, we'll do it a little bit differently or maybe we'll you know take the same number of people and divide it up as we did then but um you know we were pleased with, with the feedback and it was the first time you know we'd really done the the four-man booth and it was the you know still early into this doing english commentary this phase for the groups under the cyber fight family so yeah it was it was a really good experience and uh, i think hopefully that we can do the same next year yeah i thought it really worked you know mm. it felt like to me sort of watching not knowing you know how you'd necessarily divvied up that it felt like those of us from the four that maybe have the kind of most to add to this contest will be the yeah. ones to kind of take that you know step forward yeah um you know which makes a ton of sense yeah yeah that, that was our plan really to try and break it down to give everyone a chance different matches and maybe uh Stuart and I were coming more on the Noah side and then Balihan and Hiroshi maybe more on, on the on the Tokyo Joshi Pro or uh, Hiroshi could come in more on the history side and yeah. obviously Balianaki could give the, the pro wrestlers uh, perspective. So yeah. it was definitely so everyone offered a different set of skills and, and something different, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing because I, I think historically it's been quite a difficult route into wrestling, the English commentator taking over in Japan. And more often than not, yeah. it's been met with criticism. But I feel like from the feedback that I've seen, the response to yourself from, and Stu in particular has been unanimously positive. Mm. Yeah, are you guys cognizant of that? And, you know, what would you put that down to, if anything? Yeah, I mean, the only way we can get better is, is to listen to the feedback and, and you know, to take that on board and, and to, to make adjustments. Um, you know, after every time we, we, we do a show, whatever the promotion, then, you know, we'll sit down, we'll chat about it, we'll, we'll talk what worked, what didn't work. And then we'll have a think about next time. And before many shows, we'll either meet up or we'll have a phone call and we'll talk through a card or we'll talk through things that I'd like to say, things that he'd like to say. So it's very much about the preparation, I think, has been mm. the key for us. And, uh, you know, the, I'll do 10 pages of preparation, maybe with notes and, and uh, um, recent, you know, build up and what's been going on and head to head. And uh, I think it's just bringing a, a degree of professionalism in terms of the preparation and Stuart obviously has a vast amount of experience here in Japan in different promotions, MMA, Pancrase. And then, you know, he's recently come into the pro wrestling side and really made a really smooth transition. So, yeah, I, th I think we've got a, a good balance, a good rapport between us. And that comes through then live on the commentary. So we, we take everything on board and we appreciate all the feedback. So, yeah, it's still a work in progress. You know, we're only we're still only about 10 months into this. So mm. I think we'd like to think there's still room for improvement there as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and something that's really interesting there is that I know you, you both yourself and Stuart have that sports background and that really does come through, like particularly yes. with Noah. Um, I was immediately struck when I first heard you both that it really did feel like you were calling it a legitimate contest, which, you know, if you watch now, it essentially is. It's brutal. But what was even more interesting is that when you called Tokyo Joshi Pro, that carried through to there, despite it being a very different aesthetic and and, and something, uh, an entirely different kind of style of wrestling, essentially. I mean, was there much in the way of adjustment or did you guys just take the same approach? 
I think there was yeah a little bit of adjustment at start maybe for for the first show for for example when we was doing Tokyo Joshi Pro maybe it was more along the lines of what we would do for Noah and maybe it was a bit more serious and then it takes maybe one or two events Tokyo Joshi Pro to get a feel of it not from a, a fan side but from a, from a commentary perspective so we could we could put in some analysis maybe some technical analysis or we could break down some moves or sub, some submissions but then for us it became more about the entertainment side yeah. then and talking about the outfits talking about the characters and and the backgrounds and making sure you know we don't talk about this person is this character here and then they're this person in another promotion and being aware <laughs> of these, these these things yeah. and uh, yeah. just stuff like that so yeah i think um, it definitely took a couple of events to really get into the Tokyo Joshi Pro side, but uh, then, yeah, I think it was still able to work then because, you know, you've got some legit athletes there and it's still a oh, Japanese yeah. promotion. So you have the elements of a little bit of strong style, maybe, mm. you know, you have the striking of Miyu Yamashita. Absolutely. You have, you, you have wrestlers on the roster with the judo background. So it, you, you, again, you know, I use that word again, balance, but that, that's what it's about with Tokyo mm. Joshi Pro, a little bit of entertainment. And then you've got the serious side as well. And you, you try and find somewhere in between then. Amazing. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. It's like I said, I think last, last time we spoke, I really felt the sportingness of your kind of commentary, you know, saying it felt like uh, hearing like a six nations game being called, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I still think that that holds true. I think that's a big part of why the commentary of yourself and Stuart has kind of gone over so well. And something else that people are really into as well, that has got a really great response online are the, the pregame shows that you guys mm. have started doing. I mean, is that something that, we can expect to continue going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think if the, if there's interest in it, if there's a market for it, if that's something people are enjoying, then there's definitely definitely room for that. You know, that's what a lot of American promotions, UK promotions, would do with a buy-in show or a preview show mm. streamed on YouTube and, and so forth. So yeah, we we, we did one a couple of months ago, and at every event we tried to make time to do maybe a one-minute video, but. Um, you know, it's like when you get in the venue and then you want to go through your preparation, there's so many things going on. You don't always make that time to do a, mm-hmm. even a 30 second little little clip for yeah. the social media. But um, we're, we're going to, you know, incre- increase the coverage. And now we've started an English Twitter channel. Yeah, um, that's exciting. At, at Noah Global. So I'm involved in that and going to be doing a lot more things on, on the, the press conference side. And we're going to be oh, offering a lot more English language content. So yeah. maybe you saw we, we put out a show, Noah the Universal. I did mm. see that. I thought that was a, a great little idea, like similar to the um, the Tokyo Joshi Pro uh, sort of one match shows that they were doing with English exactly, commentary. Yeah. Yeah, the English show exactly. So it was four match, four matches from Japan with English commentary, and then it was two matches from Mexico with Spanish commentary. And it was just purely the the idea was to try and expose Noah to international audience. And it even went out ten o'clock in the morning here to try and make it more appealing and and uh, easy mm. to access for fans in Europe, fans fans in America. Yeah. So. That was only went out um, on, on Wednesday, so we'll see the feedback on the next mm. few days. But we, we class that as volume one, so that's hopefully the Lovely. starting point to make this a regular series now. Fingers crossed. You know, I think yeah. it's really great that you can tell Cyberfight are happy to try all these new little ideas to kind of push the English side of of what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. And I think that, you know, it comes to, you, it can't just be the, the commentary for the live events. I think you have to offer more than that in yeah. terms of social media and website and press releases. And, you know, you have to get all, all those areas, all those areas working, and then they have to all connect. And hopefully then you can offer a, a really good package to international fans. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And and now joining us as well is the other half of the Noah English commentary team, Stuart Fulton. Thank you very much for joining us, Stu. Hello, lads. How's it going? Yeah, real good, thank you. Very All good. the better for having you here. Oh, cheers. <laughs> so we were just um, chatting through some of the some of the advances that Cyberfight are making in terms of the English output, which is which is great for us, you know. Um, and I think it's helping make the product more and more accessible and. Uh, you really get that sense of momentum behind the group, particularly after Cyberfight Festival. It really feels like they're on the upswing. I mean, what's what's your journey been like with this company? How have you? How did you end up getting involved with Cyberfight and Noah more specifically? Well, I was already involved with Cyberfight to uh, a certain degree because I was uh, commentating for um, Rise for a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and they're under the the same uh, cyber agent or Cyberfight umbrella. Um, so, uh, the, the boss of the Kakuto channel on Abema TV, um, already knew me through that mm. and, uh, meeting him at Pancras as well, pretty much once a month he was there because Pancras, uh, was going out, um, on Abema TV as well. So, um, basically it was through, uh, it was through Yuji. So, um. Yeah, um, I knew about Mark already, but I didn't know that he'd already spoken with Yuji. So when Yuji said, uh, you know, would like to like to talk to you about um, some pro wrestling stuff, uh, um, it all kind of uh, fell into place. You know, um, Mark was in the country, and um, there I was. So um, yeah, I went up to the Abema TV. Uh, offices and uh, talked with them about it. They showed me what what, um, what they were all about and some of their uh, future plans. Um, and it sounded very exciting. Mm. It sounded very big as well. And um, it sounded like they were out to do things properly. You know, they weren't, they weren't uh, half-assing anything. So that was impressive uh, to me from the start. Mm. And had you been a wrestling fan prior to this i mean obviously i know you you've had quite a, a storied relationship with mma and been been involved in all the kickboxing side of things but what how far back does does wrestling go with you um apart from watching a little bit as a kid it was it's never really been part of my journey which um uh you know gave me a little bit of imposter syndrome at the the start um having said that it's not like i've been you know, completely alienated from it. I, I was a, a living student at Takada Dojo. Um, and, uh, you know, I trained, albeit in an MMA, MMA setting, uh, I trained with pro wrestlers like uh, Sugiura uh, and whatnot um, oh, wow. years back. Uh, so, um, yeah, um, pretty superficial at first, to be honest. Um, although, having said that, there was that... Um, undercurrent of you know, I, I, I did have a a route to, to a certain extent uh, in it, even though I wasn't um, you know taking part in it or, or really going to any shows. Um, so yeah, yeah. Gosh, that that must have been yeah quite the baptism of fire then to just suddenly have to <laughs> jump in and I suppose if you're gonna do it, you know, with someone with your background, pro wrestling knows about as good a place to start as possible mm. because it is very hard hitting and there are those sort of relatable elements um, yeah. akin to MMA to an extent. 
yeah, yeah, it's not completely alien to me, um, especially like you said with the, with a the Noah setup. Um, you know, it does have that real deep-rooted uh, sports and martial arts background to it, um, with the, obviously with the storylines and um, not so heavy on the on the gimmicks. You know, how did you get into commentary initially? So n- not just for wrestling, but for uh, originally, yeah. Well, originally it was Pancras. Pancras uh, back in 2015, they j- just set up a, a deal there, a tie up with the UFC Fight Pass, mm-hmm. uh, and they were looking for uh, for commentators uh, here, and I think they were even will- willing to to bring someone over at some point. But uh, I heard about it through Lenny Hart, uh, who is a very famous uh, ring announcer here. And um, she contacted me and told me uh, that they were looking for someone. Uh, and I was in Scotland at the time. <laughs> um, but I set up uh, a meeting and then uh, eventually um, got the foot in the door. And when I came back from Scotland, um, that was at the, the tail end of 2015. Mm. And so have you been pretty permanently based out in Japan since then or been going back and forth? No, I haven't been doing any going back and forth. The, the only going back oh, and wow. forth is um, uh, just holidays, going back yeah. to see family and friends. Um, I've been living here basically um, since 2001, January 2001. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so actually I was in Takara Dojo at the time in the, we call it the Chanko Bear, which is the, the hot pot room, if you want to directly translate it like that. Um, eating when on the TV, the uh, you know the September 11th thing uh, wow. was, was broadcast, and and it, for, of course it was all in Japanese. You know, I'm watching the, the news in Japanese. Mm. Um, this is back in in 2001. So yeah, I'd only been here for uh, you know pretty much half a year uh, by that point. Gosh, very settled out there then. Yes, yeah, I had permanent residency. Amazing. Um, um start a family got uh-huh. a house uh yeah it's, uh, it's all just fallen into place and that was my year out that was uh you know saying to my family i'll be back in about a year or <laughs> i might go on and do something else if it doesn't work out but yeah, yeah it all worked out that's how it goes isn't it with traveling like i started backpacking uh, in 2014 and you know i haven't really kind of stopped moving around since you know I, i've lived out in australia mm-hmm. for a year and you know, I'll go away for like months at a time. And yeah, I just, once you get that bug to sort of not be in your, your home country, it, I think it doesn't go. Oh, totally. I had, I had terrible itchy feet. I mean, I, I, it was to the point where I left a good job and uh, an absolutely gorgeous girlfriend. And um, I, I just, I thought I can't, it was just one of those situations where you knew you had to be true to yourself. You knew mm. you couldn't, you couldn't lie to yourself anymore, um, you know, and, and be happy with, the uh the status quo i just i knew i had there was something else i had to do so sure. um, yeah no looking back Amazing. Yeah, this kind of been a recurring theme with a lot of our guests we speak to um wrestlers that have kind of moved from europe or the us over to japan so people like tekla or balinaki obviously moved from india for example and people do seem to fall in love with it what is it about the country i suppose that's a question to both of you that's so appealing once you get there because it, in a way, it sounds like it would be quite a difficult transition, but people just seem to fall head over heels. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm interested to hear Mark's answer to this because I haven't asked him, um, but I can I can take a few guesses. As for myself, um, I, I just wanted to see something completely different, you know, um, for a for a Brit who has studied a little bit of French, Spanish, German, and been to various European countries. Um, 
it would still be exciting to get a job in Spain, you know, and, mm. and, and go and try that out. But when I got the opportunity to, to try out something completely different, I thought, yeah, there's martial arts. Um, I can still learn another language, which is something I wanted to do. Um, but the martial arts thing got me that, that just grabbed me by the collar and it was like, mm. yeah, just do this. Um, so coming here, it's a culture shock and there's a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll only last one to three years and, and they're out, you know, it's like that. Nah, this is too different. I can't, mm. I can't, you know, because you have to change some parts of yourself. You have to accept, um, you know, the, the, the strength of the culture that still uh, pervades here. And um, it's not really oppressive at all, but it's it's completely different to what, yeah. you, what, what we know, you know, growing up in the UK or, or having touched uh, parts of Europe and the slightly different cultures there. Um, I guess it's the fact that it's so unique here. The Japanese don't give a shit about what the world think. You know, they'll do what they want. And, and you know, um, and that, you know, you can see that in the martial arts, you see it in music and fashion, um, in, in the culture, throughout the culture. So I guess that's something that at least me and quite a lot of people I know fall in love with. It's mm. so peculiar yeah. here. An idi- a really idi- idiosyncratic country and there's there's nowhere else quite like it seems mm. to be the the vibe we get from people yeah the other thing is um because because the 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 crime is or petty crime is generally quite low mm. um you can have nice things uh you know you can you can <laughs> you can leave your bike sitting out you know next to your house um locked or unlocked and, and and it's highly unlike anyone will take it um there's vending machines selling alcohol i mean just that in itself blows my mind you know I can, <laughs> from my window here i can see a, a vending machine that's well, there's, there's a convenience store but there's a vending machine that sells beer now put one of them anywhere in, in, in the uk <laughs> and it's it's not only gone it's uh <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's going to hit the news, you know. It's a weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here it's, you know, that's just one example of, you know, you can have nice things here. Yeah, over to Mark, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, late 90s, I probably discovered Japanese wrestling, you know, through some online applications, like it was Aimster, this type of thing. It was so difficult to find foreign wrestling in those times, late 90s. But I remember discovering Yushin Thunder Liger, Ultimo Dragon, Hayabusa, and I like masked wrestlers when I was younger like this. So that's what really started things. And from Japanese wrestling, then I discovered Japanese MMA. And I become a huge fan of Pride Fighting Championships, late 90s, early 2000s, around this time where there was that big MMA boom. So I was at university and I'd be getting up 6, 7 a.m. to try and find a stream to watch Pride Fighting Championships. So I just developed this interest, this passion for, for combat sports and, and for pro wrestling, but of the Japanese variety. And then after graduating from university, I started to work in judo. And of course, the homeland of judo is Japan. Mm. And then I started to make a strong connection with judo. I started to practice judo. And then from 2013, that was my first trip to Japan, but it was just for a work trip, just for five or so days. I made sure I went to a pro wrestling event and that was actually pro wrestling now in Kurokan Hall, 2013. (laughs) It was Zack Sabre against Yushin Thunder Liger. So that'll stick with me. That's my first Japanese wrestling experience. And from there, I started to make trips back every year to Japan for to work at judo competitions. And it just came to the point where it just wasn't enough for me. Five days, I just needed to stay longer. So 
Sometimes I would stay on maybe after work for a couple of days. And I, I just knew that it was leading up with the Olympics and, and the Paralympics. It was just leading to a point where I just really wanted to be here. And for me, then I just had to commit to it. And um, yeah, came here last year then. And it's just going to see where it takes me. Very cool, man. Whenever somebody mentions pride, you know, <laughs> as, a, as an MMA fan, I shed a tear. Like, those were the days, weren't they? Good yeah, Lord. Yeah, day. Yeah, awesome. else. yeah, yeah, yeah. Never seen anything like it since. So different. I mean, one FC's kind of got that sort of vibe to it. I think with the soccer kicks and stuff, but it's not the same. Pride was doesn't, doesn't have the heavyweights, doesn't have the big no, yeah. guys going absolutely. at it. Absolutely, Bob Sap. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Give, give them all the juice. Give them all the juice. Let them go <laughs> at it. You know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If they all know, that's, then no problem at all. That's what they want. That's what the fans want. You know. <laughs> More so at the time in those contracts that I think it's been shared a lot on social media. There was a part that specifically said they won't be testing the fighters in Pride. That's it. Yes, I remember. Incredible. Do you guys yeah. remember? Oh gosh, what was the name? I was just doing something for um, uh, Inside the Ropes where they kind of collate Dave Meltzer's Observer newsletters, and I'm doing the one for 1999 at the second. And it was when Alexandra Karelin went over to Rings, and he had one, one sort of fight ish in rings but he was an absolute freak if you remember him i've never seen anybody quite like him yeah was he four-time olympic gold medalist I yeah think? something like that yeah absolutely the experiment they called him yeah he yeah. was just an absolute absolute freak and yeah. Uh, yeah there were stories that he used to carry fridges up three flights of stairs <laughs> those kinds of things <laughs> Just yeah, wild. he was an absolute legend. I, I guess maybe it was a little bit too, too early for him to make the the switch to MMA. Kind of like uh, Volkan when he was in rings, he was he he was wrestling and it, he kind of joined MMA just as at its infancy, and he was probably late thirties at the time. So it mm. came a little late for a couple of the, those Russian legends. Absolutely, yeah. No, I tell you what, we've got a, a lot. Sorry, mate, we've got a lot to to thank uh, Rings and uh, Kingdom actually before that. Um, We've got a lot to thank them for 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 what what happened from there in terms of MMA and pro wrestling. Yeah, Rings is one of those organisations that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, but there, mm. there was an awful lot. But it was but it's really interesting reading the coverage that Meltzer had at the time on that, and you kind of get start to get the feel of just how influential it was. So, yeah. Um, so we we spoke to Mark about this, Stu. But I'd love to get your view on it. So. With your background and, you know, the Noah stuff, we can see the transition there. But what was it like calling your first Tokyo Joshi Pro show? Because obviously that's something very, very different indeed. <laughs> uh, fish out of water springs to mind. <laughs> Not that I would say I picked up on that on commentary. I thought it was great, but it just must have been something totally different mm. for you. It was, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, I, I know I could have done a lot better and there's a lot of things I could have changed. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And, you know, you speak to any, any commentator and, um, you know, even a really experienced one never has a perfect day. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, it was it's definitely an experience that I, uh, I treasure. And, and, uh, and I learned a lot really quickly mm. doing that. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it was very difficult, I have to say. But, um, yeah, a hell of a lot of fun. I think one of the really good things is even if for you guys, it's not what you're especially familiar with, you can tell that you're never half-assing things. You, you both whole-ass things, you know, even, even if you're not perfect, you're like, right, we're going to give this hundred percent and we're just going to keep trying our best to get better. There's no, you know, just like, Oh, you know, this is just, this, you know, just silly 
fun Joshi wrestling. We don't need to kind of give this our, our full care and attention. You can tell that you really are. You've gone out of your way to kind of do your research and be as good as you possibly can be. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate that. We were also very lucky because um, uh, Mark and I, you know, seem to fall into place quite well with that. Um, even though we're still evolving as a as a team, um, and we'll, we'll continue to to you know change and evolve together. But um, we both had the same idea as the unspoken idea that um, it was all about the. The, the wrestlers you know yeah. you got to big you got to big them up you got you got to show the world who they are uh what they do uh, and why they're so great and um yeah that that's one thing that um that we we really wanted to get out there um and it's not just the the Tokyo Joshi it's um you know also Noah and uh, pretty much everything, everything I do you know um some of these guys in the, in the kickboxing and MMA world I, I know quite personally um, and, I, you know, I'm even more invested in mm. hyping them and getting their names out to the world because, you know, Mark will tell you the same thing. There's just not enough coverage of um, some of the athletes and, and uh, Truly. combat fighters out, out here um, simply because of the language barrier. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, I think that's why we, I think, really love talking Japanese wrestling so much is just because it doesn't necessarily get as much English language coverage as it, as it could. And it's so high level. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It, so, yeah. So, so much. It's, it's top of the tree for me comfortably. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's one of those things where it shouldn't be something that irks people, but I think it does sometimes, but I, I just adore it. It's a style that really suits, suits my tastes anyway. Yeah, definitely. I think it gets kind of seen as like, almost like an elitism, like, Oh, you only like Japanese wrestling you know there's something wrong with you for liking the best wrestling in the that's world that's the same across sports i think you know you get that in football with with friends at home and they they'll keep talking about italian football or i saw this match from la liga you know or, so like a championship <laughs> game with swansea or cardiff or something you know i think that goes on in all sports mm. yeah you're bang on absolutely so just going off from the having called tokyo joshi for, for you Stuart, was there any issues getting the go-ahead for the stardom gig as well like because that's a fairly unique honor the fact that you've kind of called both promotions you know with stardom I, being under bushy road and noah being under cyber fight was that a difficult needle to thread to kind of get the okay for that or was everybody pretty cool yeah i wasn't expecting that to be honest so when it came i was like oh christ um how do i handle this um <laughs> I just to give you a bit of background, I'd already worked with Bushy Road before with their knockout uh, kickboxing promotion, which mm-hmm. was aiming to be the top of the pyramid in terms of kickboxing out here. Um, Rise Kickboxing got the the bigger sponsor with the you know uh, Cy Games or Cyber Fight, um, so they they just stormed into the lead, and and knockout was kind of left uh, left hanging there. It's still going strong. They still got a good roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd already worked with Bushy Road, so they knew me um, yeah. some years back. Um, and they'd already talked to me actually way back, a couple of years back, two, three years back about um, pro wrestling stuff. And at that time, I was like, I can't, no, I can't do that just now. I don't have enough time and I don't have enough knowledge at the moment. So I actually knocked that on the head at the time and, and uh, you know, tried to learn a little bit about pro wrestling and watch a little bit um, to understand it. So yeah, when that when that chat came in, um, I did the right thing and I uh, I spoke to uh, Tokyo Joshi, the boss, and I said, uh, you know, I've got this offer. I'm not technically under any 
um, exclusivity contracts with them. But um, just to keep things above board, yeah, this yeah. is this is the offer. Um, and they came back and they said, um, well, technically we're not competing with them right now. Our product's different, and uh, you know they're. Yeah, they are what the stardom is what it is compared to Tokyo Joshi. We can get, get into the details of that later if you like. But um yeah, they weren't they weren't bothered. They gave me the, the green light. So um yeah, I, I went for it. Amazing. <laughs> and, and stardom is incredible. I mean, let's 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 be honest. Tokyo Joshi is, you know, it's got its its niche, but stardom is, is uh, that, that roster is outstanding. It's a different it's beast, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Who stuck out for you when you were calling them? Had you had you seen much of them before? Were they all kind of brand new wrestlers to you? Stardom? Yeah. Oh, no, I'd, I'd been, I'd seen uh, a couple of shows. I'd been to one at um, the Nippon Budokan um, a few months back. No, the end, the end of the year before. Um, oh, no, 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 it was, it was Corona had already hit. So it was the beginning of the year, mm. yeah, the beginning of last year. Um, so I'd already seen uh, pretty much all of the roster. Um, and I knew uh, I knew Shuri anyway from Pancras because I called yeah. her fights way back in Pancras. I, I figured sure. that was gonna. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that yeah, it wasn't super alien for me. It was uh, yeah, it was quite a nice transition actually. A more natural fit maybe than Tokyo Joshi. Yes, yes. <laughs> it took it took me a while to figure out exactly what what the Tokyo Joshi product was, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to get your eye in, don't you, and be like, okay, I you know, I get this now. I understand what they're what they're going yeah. for. Yeah, it's so unique, isn't it? It's 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 fascinating in, in itself, um, and it's it's cool that they're two very different uh, yeah. promotions. Yeah, that's really interesting that the Tokyo Joshi Pro brass kind of recognise that that they're doing different things. Yes, yeah. that's 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 cool to hear. Are you likely to do more stuff with Stardom going forward? Yes, yes. Um, it, it looks like it. I've been asked uh, to, to do some more. Um, so, yeah. That's great. That's very cool. Well, we've got um, that to look forward to then. Because that is another promotion that I think will, will only benefit from that English commentary and just the accessibility for for yeah. fans that kind of need that, although they've grown used to that. So I think that'll be very helpful. Yeah, it's totally, it's waiting for it, right? It's just perfect timing um, to really push out to the international market. And I, I know they're planning to do uh, shows abroad, you know, when things open up again. Mm. Uh, the only, you know, the only possible difficulty is, a, is my partner. I need, I need a, a regular uh, partner to do that with, you know. Do you know anyone? I, I know a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So taking a brief step back from the wrestling side, so there's a couple of more silly questions that we've been asking our guests recently, yeah. um, which we'd like to put to you both. And then we'll jump into this N1. Get uh, into the, the, real, the real stuff. The real stuff. So one of the more controversial questions that we've been asking recently, <laughs> particularly last week, uh, the last show with Takeshita, what is your go-to pizza topping? This question's for... Both, both of you, you. Both of you. Absolutely. Well, I guess Domino's, I'd probably go for something. If I, if I can say brand names, I'd say uh, maybe like uh, Meat Delicious. Mm -hmm. Just something plentiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the pineapple. Get that ham and bacon oh. and pineapple on there. Do it. Yeah. There we mm -hmm. go. So it's controversial, but get it on there. You, you are in league with Konosuke Takeshita, then. That's, uh, that's his go to as well. That's his go to as well. Not arguably, as... arguably, cold pizza is, is just as good, if not absolutely. better. Now we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. 
and then uh, another another one we've been asking uh, our friends that are out in Japan. Okay, so you're hungover. You go in a Seven Eleven. What's your go-to snacks? If it's not the summer months, um, uh, Nikuman, which is a, a steamed bun, a steamed pork bun. Oh, that hits the spot like I am <laughs> brewing a hot day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say fried chicken. That kind of works all year round. Yeah. It's, isn't it amazing, Mark? You can get fried chicken oh, just pretty much day. anywhere in the country, 24 <laughs> hours a day, seven days a week, a day, yeah. 52 weeks a year. It's just it's unbelievable. Am I right in my understanding that uh, on Christmas, it's fried chicken is the, the go-to over there? Yeah, KFC. Yeah. I just think that's wonderful. I, lo- they make I love a it killing. so much. They make a killing on Christmas Day. <laughs> And well, I'm super intrigued by this one. So what what are your respective feelings on karaoke? And if they are positive, do you have a go-to song? I'm shy at it. <laughs> but do you enjoy it though? It doesn't matter whether you get it. <laughs> I've I've learned I've learned to really enjoy it, I have to say. Um and you don't have to be super drunk, you know. I do I, yeah, I've learned to enjoy it, especially with a group of people. And um yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a wee bit of an embarrassing story here. I was trying to court a, a lady and took her to karaoke and I had no idea what I was going to sing because I've never sang anything in my life. And I I put on Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and I belted that out. I belted that. I belted Puff the Magic Dragon out on that date. Was there a I'm second date? I'm not ashamed. Actually, I married her. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Such a sad song as well. It is, yeah. There's nothing good about it. No, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. What, what about you, Mark? Well, I'd probably go to something like The Beatles' Hey Jew, to be honest. It's a classic, isn't it? There you go. Yeah. It's like something traditionally british or failing that then maybe something more modern like a stereophonics or yeah. manic street preachers or maybe something then famous like from my childhood in school something like a linkin park or something mm. like that um yeah it's just this great atmosphere you know here a big part of the culture and in normal times these karaoke places would also be open 24 hours a day so someone would go strolling in there one o'clock in the afternoon you know which would be unheard of in the uk so yeah, yeah it's, it's something that uh, i'm sure i'll do you know in, in the future when things go back to normal good for them and uh going to karaoke by yourself is a thing here some people mm, yeah. do that to release uh stress interesting gosh that is interesting so yeah, it's almost like the gym there's sometimes the fancy dress outfits as well in the reception but uh, i've aye, seen aye. no great muta outfits or anything like that yet so yeah, yeah. nothing that speaks to you no very kinky. well i do have a cool story about karaoke um uh, just before the end of the year they don't have christmas parties here but we have um end of year parties basically if you mm. want to just call it that and uh, I sang um, Ultra 7. Do you know um, Ultraman? No, I don't. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, Ultraman or, or Ultraman is, is one of those characters that, that, you know, dresses up in the costume with the helmet and, you know, fights yeah. bad. Oh, I think stuff. I know. I can picture who you're... Yeah, you'll have an idea. Yeah, I sang one of, one of the Ultraman songs, a kid's song, um, with, Sagar- with Sagaraba absolutely steaming drunk <laughs> amazing <laughs> oh great that must have been like a, 
like a childhood dream for an oh, MMA yeah. legend like that. And <laughs> never forget that. I'll never forget that. So. He seems like the best laugh. Like, you know, I'm always so thrown off by these guys that have been absolute killers in MMA <laughs> and they come to come to pro wrestling and you just see a totally different side to them. Never a serious moment with him, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> never. yeah, I think I'm sure we said on the podcast as well, like he's probably one of the wrestlers we'd most like to have a beer with. Like he just seems like a good dude to get a beer with. Gareth, you you wouldn't be having a beer. <laughs> it would get messy, believe me. That's how I like it. <laughs> Do you have a preferred Japanese sort of beer or adult beverage? The pair of you? Uh, I don't know about you, Mark, but if if it's a, a beer, I'm I'm quite good with the Yebis. Yebis beer has a bit more of a bite to it. The other ones like um, Sapporo and Asahi and Kirin, they're they're good, but they're summer beers, you know, and they, yeah. they drink them yeah. with, with food. They go with food, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so they're pretty samey. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Yebis has a bit more bite to it if you're looking for, you know, uh, one of the standard beers that you can get anywhere. Um, a lot, I tell you what's making a big a big hit right now is the really strong Chuhais, um, that, or we call them Alcopops, I guess. Uh, all different kinds of um, flavours, you know, fruits and whatnot. And they're all like, you can choose five, seven or nine percent. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. So two of those Tall boys, nine percenters. It's game you know, over. Yeah, you feel it. Yeah, Crikey. It's like drinking a couple of tall boys of wine. Aye. Well, some something else that we get asked them um, to talk about a lot is sort of how you guys have gone about navigating the language. Did it take long to pick up any Japanese, and sort of how proficient are you both at this stage? How are you doing with it, Mark? Yeah, I am. It's a, it's a slow process to be honest, and you know, last last few months, unfortunately, I put it to the back burner with the yeah. Olympics. Paralympics and stuff but I really need to get back into it pushing now and do a minimum you know two lessons a week now because uh, it's so essential and uh, you know it's how I can take things to the next level you know work-wise and it would just make everything on a daily basis just so much easier so Mm -hmm. um, yeah that's something I'm going to make a big push on now Olympics Paralympics is done so I've got some time free now I really need to to just to get you know serious with it and to to make a big push and hopefully in the years to come I can be somewhere near the level of where Stuart is now. Yeah, you're, you're right, Mark. Um, you can get by without it, you know, just fine. But it, it makes some things in daily life a bit harder. And like you said, if you are if you want to push things to the next level, you know, really make connections, really make a career, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's a, it's a game changer so yeah. um yeah I, I wouldn't be here if i now if i if i couldn't speak it i wouldn't be able to enjoy yeah. my life here it's it changed everything for me um the first year was tough but the crash course of you know joining the the dojo full-time the pro wrestling and wrestling and, and um mma gym full-time that that crash course skyrocketed my listening skills you know mm-hmm. so i i could understand a lot in the first half a year or year I just wasn't producing very well, you know, um, no fluency, but that, that comes with time if you're using it regularly. Um, it just depends on your, your attitude. You know, I know a lot of guys out here, um, older guys, you know, they came out here and they got teaching jobs, they married, their, their, their wife takes care of everything in terms of the language and, and they just never bothered, you know, oh. and um, I think that's a huge shame. Yeah, I, it feels mm. like you're really missing a trick. Like what a, oh, a joy it is to kind of have a, a second language. Mm-hmm. Like it's something I'm sort of trying to trying to work on, like just through the podcast, like where we've been speaking to lots of Japanese 
uh, wrestlers it just makes so much sense that i should try and try and pick it up and i'm i'm enjoying it so far like it's still very early days but yeah i'm kind of excited it'll also save us a packet on interpreter fees <laughs> just actually just before we get into m1 i want to ask you with the commentary with your roles have you always kind of in your past lives as well purely focused on Sophie Easter, um the play-by-play side and with you mark the color have you mixed and matched at all and what are the intricacies of those roles that people might not be aware of mm. all right um <laughs> it's a big old question yeah when I started with Pancras um there was already a guy uh doing it although he didn't have a he didn't have a visa that was going to last very long but he was here for a few months so he did a few shows american guy um and he was basically like i'm, I'm doing color so you're on play by play um you've got you've got the voice um your voice is gold so yeah you just uh, get on with it kind of thing so um i had no choice at the start um even though you know, technically, I I could do color for Pancras uh, and and kickboxing as well. I could do technical analysis for for both of them. You know, quite easily uh, set um, as a as a third member. You know, and 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 just give some you know insights. But yeah, I got launched into the play by play there, so I had to you know find my feet pretty quickly. So that that just spilled over into Rise because there was you know nobody else. Uh, basically, it was like, who, who else can you get for Rise? Uh, quintet was pretty much the same. There was nobody regular around. So, yeah, I, I had to take that play-by-play role. But also I had to do, you know, a bit of colour and technical analysis as well. So it was a bit of an all-rounder. And it's not very easy, as, as you can imagine. Um, so having uh, having Mark with me and, and Noah has been, been great because mm. we've both got something different to offer. The intricacies, uh, Mark, uh, that's something we've talked about recently because we've both yeah. had to work with different partners on one or two occasions and um, not everybody uh, gets those intricacies uh, of, of the roles. And, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bit of an overlap as well. There's a grain area between the two uh, often. But, yeah, there definitely is a, a, is a line and you can hear it with good commentary and good... Uh, teams, good commentary teams that um, bounce each other well, off each other well, and 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 uh, give something meaningful to the listeners. Yeah, I get the impression that not every commentary team you listen to likes each other as well. Whereas I definitely get the impression that you know you're a pair that enjoy getting a beer together. I, I we have a lot of fun doing it together. Yeah. It's um, yeah. sometimes that when when things happen, when something amazing happens, I'm just jumping around in my chair and looking around at Mark like, what the fuck just <laughs> happened? You know, we both absolutely love it. It's so nice to hear. Right, I suppose we should jump into this M1 then because that is that is the big, that's why we're here. The big tournament on its way. Okay, so I'll just run through the blocks real quick. Just so we've got them. So block A, we've got uh, Segura, Kiyomiya, uh, Manabu Soya, and Keiji Muto. Um, block B, we've got Keno, we've got Inaba, Mochizuki, and Murakami. Block C, this is a murderer's row. We've got uh, Nakajima, Sakuraba, Kataro Suzuki coming up from the juniors, and Masato Tanaka. And then block D, uh, Masa Kitamiya, Saito, uh, Funaki, and Fujita. It's it's a hell of a lineup this year. Very, very exciting indeed. So just of the names that we, we've 
listed there. Are there any kind of choice clashes that you're particularly looking forward to? So for me, I think, yeah, I think starting with, with Group A, I mean, that's what I think I would class as the group of death because yeah, three of the four there, former GHC heavyweight champions, Keiji Muta, obviously most recently, and then you've got Takashi Segera, who's the double champion. He's the national champion. He's also the 0-1 world heavyweight champion. Then you've got Kaito Kiyomiya, who's the youngest GHE heavyweight champion of all time. And then you've got the wild man from Congo, then Manabu Soya. So I think that's a, that's an incredible group because mm-hmm. obviously only one person is going to progress from that four to go to the, the semifinals uh, on the last night. And from that group on the opening night, which is... Sunday, 12th of September, you've got Keiji Muto going against Tagashi Segera, Kurok and Hall. So that's, that's the first time meeting that is. I think that's going to be... It's going to be wild. Oh, yeah. wow. Jeez. Fireworks. Yeah, I, I don't think I could, you know, with any confidence say who's who's coming out of Block A as, as the winner. That's one of the beauties of this, um, the tournament this year. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of wild cards. There's a yeah. lot of things. There's, there's a couple of guys you, you can you know, hedge your bets on and probably make it through their blocks. But there's a couple of those blocks that are like, dear God, anything could happen. Yeah, it's just a coin flip, isn't it, really? Yeah. Nothing in it. Um, and yeah. I just think it's it's really interesting it being sort of four blocks this year as well for the first time. Yeah, there's a couple of firsts this year. I mean, you've got Kotaro Suzuki in there, junior. Um, you, you've had uh, Murakami has been replaced now because of injury with, with Kendall Karshin. And as we mentioned earlier, there's quite a number of uh, guys who are freelancers or, you know, they're working primarily outside of Noah. And that's just a sign of the times. You know, you don't have the, the foreign wrestlers necessarily mm. available. So they've kind of outsourced a little bit. And you've got in Mochizuki from Dragon Gate. You, you've got in Masato Tanaka from Zero One. Of course, they're in M's Alliance. But um, yeah, they're there to, com- to complete the 16. And I think it's a really exciting lineup. It's such a such a variety, such a variety of styles and ages. I think it's uh, it's the tournament to really watch this year. I think one of the really good things about Noah in this instance is they're not married to tradition. They've gone, it's a, a year unlike any other, so it needs to be a tournament unlike any other. We can't, just because it's what we've always done, does it mean it's what we've always got to do? Yeah, yeah it's just another example of, of Noah stepping up their game, always um, keeping the fans uh, entertained, always keeping us guessing as well, um, and, and trying new things, you know, pushing the boundaries um, and, and really creating their own, I guess in Japanese we call it their own colour, their own flavour. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I think the, one of the standout first round matches for me is in Block D, and I, I really can't wait to see Kitamiya and Fujita go out. I'm just, what does that look like? It's just going to be carnage, surely. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be an absolute banger, that is. Yeah, I, I actually wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody came out of block of the block injured. Um, having said that, having said that, Kitamiya seems to be impervious to injury. How did he survive that cage when he when he came off the top? The ring didn't survive. <laughs> really? Yeah, they, they broke the the wooden uh, beams and underneath the the ring. Oh, is that right? Jeez. Oh my goodness! <laughs> There's a picture. I can send you the picture. Oh it's, yes, please. Um, yeah. It's brutal. I've snapped like two of the planks. Was it Mark? Yeah, and he, he bounced up literally three foot in the air. It was I've incredible. never seen someone bounce like that in a wrestling off game. his spine, off his back. Jeez, oh, and he He's won. A madman. <laughs> he, won. Uh, he got up. Was he okay after that? Is he walking around? Or? Aye, as far as I know, we didn't we didn't hear anything. Um, what a beast! He's just built different. Up. He is, yeah. 
yeah yeah he's exciting isn't he i think um oh yeah, yeah. there's a couple yeah, in there but... that you think these are these are the next guys and he's definitely one of them he's very exciting yeah, yeah you're right liam um, fujita and, and kitamir um going head to head is going to be phenomenal could we ask you to if you if you could predict a final pretty difficult thing to do admittedly but if you could predict one what do, what would you what would you go for let me have a think can i give you three answers please <laughs> please <laughs> oh man sugura kitamiya um <laughs> or kitamiya keno uh um, nakajima against the world <laughs> <laughs> He's a terrifying man, although for anybody that shaved their head regularly, you know the pain he's going through at the second where he's entering the fuzzy phase in terms yeah. of growing it back, which is difficult for anyone. But he still looks like a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, when, when we see him warming up uh, in, in the stadium before before the show goes live, um, the pads, yeah. slamming those tie pads with his... Uh, with his shin kicks it's Jeez. yeah it's it's the real deal i mean yeah it's thunderous yeah i think those are all very worthy uh finals to this special tournament this year yeah i, I love the idea of segura kitamiya actually that's a that's a hot one mouth-watering isn't it Indeed. you know and you know having them it's almost like calling out to you having them on those opposite sides of the of the kind of block basically just kind of like yeah i want to I want that to happen very much. Uh-huh. Good to see Daiki Inaba back in there as well. Yeah, he'll be very. You must have been disappointed that your boy Inamura uh, wasn't taking, wasn't able to take part this year. Yeah, it's, it's time will come though. Mark my words. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely incredible. How does he do it? Such an impressive guy. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah, he's uh, more than capable of hammering the vast majority of the this uh these 16 guys so before we wrap up um obviously it's been a very different year in in pro wrestling Noah, or everywhere but certainly in pro wrestling Noah. what would be your expectations for the remainder of 2021 and if we were to talk to you in a year's time you know what would you have liked to have seen happen you're good at just asking the tough the tough questions Liam. sorry yeah the tough questions today <laughs> Because we normally um, do these at dead at night, I'm actually awake this time. So. <laughs> right. Well, we we don't have too much time until the end of the year, you know. Nice. There's only yeah, there's there's not that much, but um, definitely this uh, the the N1 uh, victory tournament is going to produce um, a lot of talk uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of hype, and it's also good. I think Mark will back me up on this one. It's good to see. Um, Noah experimenting with putting broadcasts out in the morning so mm. that, um, you know, uh, stateside and, uh, well, even uh, the UK, to be honest, in Europe, mm. um, can uh, watch something live uh, at a reasonable time. Uh, so so that, those, kind of, those kind of ideas, those kind of um, things that, that Noah keeps, uh, you know, flipping up and, and, and bringing out uh, new ideas is, is great. And I think I'd like to look back on the rest of this year uh, on Noah still doing uh, new and innovative things. There's, there's really something intangible about being able to watch a show live for me. You know, so I do think it's great that they're, they've kind of almost acknowledged that and go, yeah, we're going to put some live shows out when you can actually watch them the rest of the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, hopefully this tournament gains a lot of traction. 
uh, the broadcasts are going to be available on Abema Wrestle Universe. And then the one show we'll be doing is the finals night on 3rd of October. So that'll be semi-finals and final in Crocken Hall. Oh, wow. So that, that'll be one to look out for. And then, of course, the winner of this tournament will challenge Marafuji for the GHE heavyweight title on the 10th of October. So that'll wow. be the, the next big title match. And then from there... We're hitting into some of the shows that we started with the last year with the the final the best which had the the match with uh, was Goshiozaki and Tagashi Segera. So, so which was Shiozaki, insane. Yeah. Speaking of Shiozaki, we hope to see him back in in the coming months. I think he's itching to get back, but mm. I'm sure his doctors, his medical team is just telling him just to hold off, make sure he's completely hundred percent. And then in, in January, of course, we've got the the big show first of January at the Nippon Budokan. So we'll have to see where we are with the restrictions, but you know maybe there's a chance, fingers crossed, that we can have unlimited restrictions on, on the on the fan capacity, and then things can snowboard from there, and hopefully we can have full stadiums, full venues, and hopefully international fans, international wrestlers, and then you know we'll take off from there because we've got the added, we've got the English channel on on social media on Twitter mm. now at Noah Global. So hopefully everything is just going to sync up nicely, and we can take Noah to to another level in 2022. It's well on its way, I think. Yep, couldn't agree more. The the wave of momentum is definitely behind it. It's amazing how strong it's been. You know, you think how central Go was to you know to 2020 in Noah, and just but he left it in such a good state when he did have to go off and take care of his multitude of injuries. I think it's only going to be even better sort of when he does he is able to make that that long awaited return. Early early 2020, it would be easy to not be able to imagine a Noah Sands go almost. Yeah. So I just think that speaks to what a, what a 2020 it was, really. Yeah, that was yeah. a legendary title reign, one of the best heavyweight reigns in years. And mm. he did so much for Noah in those times. I think he really helped to attract a lot of new fans, mm. a lot of fans who maybe hadn't watched the product in recent years. And I think it was the the turnaround. He had the match with Shiozaki. Uh, he had the match with um, Nakajima. And with Segura, just do the 13 days yeah. turnaround, which I think did so much to, to attract new fans to, to Noah. Yeah. It sort of reminded me of um, Samoa Joe's legendary ROH title run in that, you know, it just kept going. And he kept having these amazing matches yeah. and it yeah. drew new fans because, you know, you couldn't help but hear how good these these matches was and how good this title reign was. So it kind of drew you to the product. And I think there's a real parallel there with, with Go's uh, most recent title reign. Yeah, for sure. And the, the foresight of Noah as well, um, you've got to give it to them for, uh, you know, setting up these long-term storylines and the, 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 the phenomenal roster that we have and the guys that are carrying the torch now, you know, Marafuji, uh, a phenomenal wrestler. Um, all these guys carrying the torch, even though, you know, Shiozaki's had to uh, bow and take his time uh, mm. to, to get back to full health. Yep, couldn't agree more. Okay, folks, we should um, we should wrap it there because you've both been so kind and generous with your time, but we've had you on for, for ages, so let you go and enjoy your day. So thanks so much for coming on. And before you go, have you got anything you want to plug, like social media or anything like that? Yeah, I'll, I'll just plug the, the Noah account, to be honest, rather than my own. So at, at Noah Global, that's the new English language account, and we'll be putting our promos on there in English and all information about how to watch N1 events and upcoming tournaments and matches. So Perfect. if you can check that out and, and follow at Noah Global for everything in English-related content. 
Mm. Um, I'm not uh, much of a social media whore, but uh, you can get me on <laughs> S Fulton and Twitter on S Fulton MMA and uh, Instagram S Fulton underscore MMA. Um, it's all very, uh, not too much personal stuff on there, a little bit on, on uh, Instagram, but um, certainly uh, Twitter is mostly um, MMA, nice. pro kickboxing and pro wrestling. Sounds good to me. Yeah, Chuck guys. Oh, one last thing. How do how could I forget this? We were talking about social media. Mark, any update on your death match with Drew Parker? <laughs> no, I, I think that might be uh, maybe it'd be behind closed doors thing. I'll have to, have to come back. <laughs> I ran into him a couple of times when just when he was about to go to America, and I had to go to some some Olympic events. So unfortunately, I, I missed his big title win at Croc and Hall. I was really really disappointed, ah. but. Um, yeah, he's had a tremendous year and he's doing so well here. So I'm really, really pleased for him. And uh, yeah, maybe I can just start off and go and watch him at least a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> build, build up to that death match. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you both so much. We really appreciate it. And the M1, it starts this Saturday, September 12th. Cannot wait. Get involved, people. You know where to go. Uh, we'll be dropping all the links on social media as well. Um, Mark Stewart, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thank you, thanks, guys. We are Noah. And we're back. So yeah, that was a lovely chat as always. I think we've been very lucky there to get both of them on here. Um, I am pumped for tomorrow and the N1 kicking off. There's some absolutely huge matches coming down the pipeline. Yeah, 100% really looking forward to that. And for any of you single listeners out there, you've been wondering how to make the next step with a potential love life. You've heard it from Stuart. Puff the magic dragon is the antidote you need. It's such a sad song. I don't know how it works. <laughs> anyway, loads coming down the pike, actually. So we may have something Noah based for you tomorrow on Saturday. The only way you're going to know, though, is if you check out our socials on Twitter and Instagram at wrestling pod that's wrestling about the e keep it locked there we will announce it as soon as we have it firmed up if it does come off it's a very very exciting interview indeed so yeah keep it locked on the twitter and instagram but we know for sure that next week next week's episode we have russian dynamite masha slamovich joining us Awesome. Super pumped for that one as well. That's the week prior to her event, Masha's Borsha at the Beach. We discuss her journey in wrestling. We talk about her time over in Japan, working marvellous and various other promotions. It's a really fun chat. So looking forward to you guys all hearing that one as well. Yeah, anyway, she rules. She does rule. She's a badass. Let's roll anyway, Gareth. We've been, we've been on here for ages. We're going to get out of your hair, people. I hope you really enjoyed that one. Really looking forward to the N1 dropping tomorrow. Um, if you don't already, it's either on Wrestle Universe or Abema. I think they generally split the bill um, on the coverage, but just check out both of those platforms and you will find some excellent, hard hitting, puro style action from Saturday onwards. What in, the meantime, you want? in the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the graphs. <laughs> <laughs>